Before we begin on the stories, I need to give a trigger warning for story number five for sexual assault. I'll be sure to have timestamps for each story down in the pinned comment below, and I'll be sure to label this one just in case you want to skip it. And as always, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. I really look forward to narrating your story. All that being said, I hope you enjoy the stories, and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And remember, to always stay hungry. I want to give a trigger warning for animal cruelty. The story is extremely disturbing. If you don't want to hear stories about small animals being killed, go ahead and skip this one right now. Now for some context. My sister works at a frame shop that's located in a warehouse district. The warehouse directly behind the building she's employed at hires a lot of temps. The company prides itself on giving people like former criminals and drug addicts a second chance. And so some of the people that report to this facility are genuinely trying to get their lives back on track. But some of them, well, the story is about one of the not-so-reformed temps. My sister's co-workers jokingly referred to this guy as Loudmouth, because he would often spend his breaks furiously stomping around the parking lot while loudly arguing with someone over the phone. Loudmouth would sometimes shake his fist repeatedly while talking to whoever he was arguing with. My sister is sensitive to noise and confrontation, so while Loudmouth's antics really amused her co-workers, she was worried that Loudmouth had the potential for violence. One night, when my sister was the last to leave the shop, she was driving out of the parking lot at a reduced speed because there was a mama cat and her kittens that had lived in the parking lot at the time. It was nighttime, and the kittens were black, with just a few white markings, so they wouldn't have been as visible to her in the low-lit lot. She thought that she was the last person in the lot to leave for the day, so she didn't think she would have to worry about pissing off any other drivers by going slow. She was wrong. There was one other car in the lot that had pulled up behind her at a breakneck speed. The driver immediately started honking his horn. He stuck his head out the driver's side window and started shaking his fist and yelling as my sister slowly inched forward. Of course, the driver in the other car was loudmouth. Normally, my sister would have sped up a little because she wouldn't want to have the inconvenience of another driver, but that night, she wasn't going to take a chance running over the kittens, so she continued to proceed with caution as Loudmouth just continued to lay on his horn and yell out his window. Once she finally made the turn out of the parking lot, she had hoped that Loudmouth was going the other way, or that he would cross over into the other lane and just pass her, but no such luck. He continued to follow her, laying on his horn repeatedly as she then maintained her usual five miles over the speed limit. Her trip home at the time usually took about 23 to 25 minutes and included a fork in the road that led to an area on the right with restaurants and gas stations while her destination was a rundown residential area that had lied straight ahead. She had hoped that when she hit the fork in the road that Loudmouth would finally get bored and then make a turn. But no, he was still behind her laying on his horn and yelling out the window. She soon realized that as she was closing in on her house, the loudmouth could find out where she lived 
and then pull up behind her and assault her in her driveway the very moment she got out of her car. My sister couldn't remember exactly where the local police station was located, but she knew that there was a fire station just past the street that she lived on, so she sped up and then drove to the fire station. As luck would have it, as she then pulled up, there were two firefighters that were outside washing the back of one of the fire trucks. She got out of the car and then quickly explained to the firefighters what was happening and pointed to Loudmouth's car as they slowly drove by before speeding off. Well, fast forward about a week and a half later, and my sister's about to leave work at her usual hour. She stepped outside to her car, and then immediately froze. Placed on both sides of her car were the headless bodies of three of the four kittens. My sister walked back into the warehouse and threw open the trash can right beside the exit door. She sank to the floor and then started sobbing and heaving. Two of her co-workers came over to console her and asked her what was wrong. Her two wonderful colleagues wound up burying the kittens, and one of her co-workers even agreed to follow her home just in case anyone was waiting for her. There's no definitive proof that Loudmouth was the one who killed the kittens and placed their bodies around my sister's car. But if not him, then who? And just why? Hi, my name is Aaliyah, and I'm 19 years old right now but this happened to me when I was 15. At the time, I was living with my niece who we'll call Gabby. My niece was 10 years old when this incident occurred. Me and her both walked to a nearby park on a warm summer day. It was near our townhouse, so we didn't really have to walk that far at all. When we went, it was maybe around 6 p.m. because the sun was right in the middle of going down. The park was completely empty, Besides this one older man sitting by this really big tree, and he had a camera and a duffel bag right next to him, maybe to hold his equipment. He looked like he was maybe in his late 20s to early 30s. He was only wearing a white t-shirt and blue jean shorts. I thought he was maybe a photographer or something, and was just there to take pictures and to enjoy the nice weather, or just taking test shots. So after maybe 5-10 to 10 minutes of me and my niece playing, I then see the man walk up to my niece. The way the park is set up, my niece was on the jungle gym, maybe about 10 to 15 feet away from me, since I was on one of the slides about to slide down. He walks up to my niece and asks her, Hi, what's your name? My niece knew of stranger danger, but we also have to keep in mind that she's 10 as well, and kids sometimes forget or just like to do whatever they want. I just keep my eyes on him, and he also asks, Where do you stay? Do you guys stay around here? My niece replies back with, Yeah, we do. I had no idea who this guy was and what he wanted, but all I knew was that I really needed to get my niece away from that man. I'm not exactly new to horror movies and scary stories. Ever since I was small, I've always been really interested in hearing them, even though they terrified me. I'd like to hear about them and then figure out how I'd react or how I'd deal with the situation if it ever happened. I'm really glad I did too, because I feel like it definitely saved my niece from whatever could have happened. Within a few seconds of her answering the last question that the strange man asked, I pretend to pick up my phone as if my father was calling me. Hello? Hi. Yeah, sorry dad, we're at the park. You want us to come home? 
Okay, yeah, we're headed back now. I quickly paced myself to my niece, who was only a few feet away in front of this man, who was just previously sitting on the other side of the park. I tell her as calmly as I could, without making her worry and intervene. Hey, we gotta go. Grandpa's really mad that you didn't clean up your toys from earlier. I then say while grabbing her hand and speed walking away towards our place. I see the man just standing there, watching us, and then quickly start walking in the same direction as us. I speed up and my niece at this point is frustrated and trying to understand why I pulled her away or why my father would be mad at her. Glancing back from time to time, I can still see the man walking behind us and I quickly turn down a driveway so we can lose the man. Soon we make it to our door, and inside and outside my front window, I then see the man walking right past my front window, holding his duffel bag and camera. The story might not sound that scary, but this is the very first time I've ever been in a situation like this, and the first time I've ever really got bad vibes from someone. I'm really grateful of my knowledge of horror movies and stories, because if not, I don't know what would have happened to my niece. I really hope others can be careful out there. Be aware of your surroundings and always follow your gut. You never know who could be watching. As of right now, I'm 19 and my niece is 13. And I still think back to that experience from time to time. Wondering what really could have happened that day if I didn't intervene. Thankfully, I never saw that man again. This probably isn't as scary as some of the other stories featured on here, but it was really terrifying when it happened to me. This happened to me when I was a freshman in college. I was 18 years old at the time, and I was walking to my favorite pizza place that I would usually go in between the four-hour gap I had between my classes. It was right near my campus, so it was perfect. I was walking down the sort of rougher part of the area because it was the only way to get to the pizza place. And as I'm walking, this woman comes up to me. She looked to be in her 40s. She was white. And she had long black hair and looked to be around 5'5 to 5'6. Now, I can't really remember the details of her face. I can only remember her hair, how old she looked, and her race. But another thing I remember is that she looked like she was on drugs because her eyes were red and bloodshot. She then greeted me. Hey, where are you headed? Now, I'm a nice person, but I know when something's sketchy. I could feel that something was off, but I decided to be polite and just make some small talk. I replied, Oh, I'm just headed to get some food over at the pizza place that's not too far from here. The woman replied back excitedly, Oh, well, I had this crazy party last night. There was drinks and drugs and a fuck ton of food. It was fucking awesome. I actually have a lot of pizza left over. You should come and eat with me. Well, at least I was correct about her being on drugs. I could notice the red flags of the situation from a mile away, and I could tell right away that she didn't have any pizza. My mom had always warned me not to talk to strangers from a very young age, and I knew better than to trust a random person in a sketchy-ass area like that. I replied, Um, no thanks. I have class in like 20 minutes so I'm just going to get something to eat and head right to class. Immediately, her face changed from a friendly grin to an off-putting frown. She then said in an almost disappointed tone, 
Oh, okay. Bye then. I said goodbye to her and quickly started walking to the pizza place. However, as I was almost there, I heard someone shout, Hey, come back here! When I glanced over my shoulder, I saw that it was the woman, and that now she and a man were now running towards me. I didn't know what their intentions with me were, but I made no time to get the fuck out of Dodge and get as far away from her as possible. I decided to hide in the Rite Aid that was close to the pizza place, and I ran to one of the aisles, put my hood on, took off my glasses, let my hair down, and then hid my backpack behind some of the products as best as I could. So that way if she or the man came in, hopefully they wouldn't recognize me. And thankfully, they never did. Why I didn't let someone at the store know that someone was following me was a big mistake. I think I was just in a state of shock that this was happening to me, and because I was also very timid and shy. As soon as I thought it was safe, I ran as fast as I could all the way back to my campus, and then went to the bathroom to catch my breath. My heart was pounding, and I was tearing up. I was way too afraid to tell anyone at the campus, and even if I did tell them, they probably wouldn't have even done anything about it, due to the lack of evidence because I couldn't remember her facial features. I never walked around that area again, and I just ate my food from the cafeteria until the pandemic started. I'm just glad that I made it out of there unharmed, and I'm really thankful to my mother about always warning me to never talk to strangers. Because if I wasn't on edge and I had agreed to eat with her, who really knows what could have happened to me? So here's a lesson for all of you. Don't talk to strangers, and definitely don't go anywhere with them because you never know what kind of person they are, and you also never know what their intentions with you are. Don't risk it. This happened when I was 10. I'm 13 years old now, almost 14. I live in a mostly crime-free area, but there are some rare times where things will happen. So for context of this story, my brother Joe was 14, and we're both guys. Anyways, this happened during the summer when both me and my brother were home alone. I was playing Xbox and my brother was FaceTiming his friend while my parents were out of town for a date. So we weren't expecting them back until like 10pm. So when someone knocked on the door, this aroused suspicion, but I decided to go open it. Just as I was halfway there, my brother then said, Dude, don't even think about opening that fucking door. I asked why, and he said that my parents weren't the ones at the door. And so I looked out the window, and there was some black hooded dude with something in his hand. We couldn't really make out what it was since he was standing kind of far away from our driveway. But when we got closer, we saw that he had a fucking knife right in his hand. We just kept watching him, and he then went to the front door, then stabbing some of the wood on the door trying to break it down, and then screaming, I'm gonna fucking kill you! A bunch of times, over and over again. After this, my brother called the cops, and I was crying in his arms. And for whatever reason, he was a lot more calmer than expected. After this, he then called our parents, and the man was still doing this. After a while, he had actually managed to bust in, and was looking at us. He was a middle-aged man with long hair, and he looked like he was ready to kill. When we finally heard the sirens, I kid you not, I was so fucking happy that I ran into their arms. 
The cops arrived at the scene and they asked what the man looked like and they went to go investigate around the house. They came back with the man and some random woman. As it turns out, he had actually broken into the wrong house and he meant to break into this woman's house who was his ex, who apparently he had a lot of trouble getting over. To that crazy ass psycho, I really hope you got some mental help because you really fucking need it. For a little background, the story took place when I was 14. I was a 5 foot 3 girl, average body weight, but with very muscular legs as a result of playing soccer my whole life. When I was in middle school, I was a religious person and I had really gotten involved in a lot of my church's activities, one of these activities being my church's youth group. We met every Wednesday and Sunday. My older sister had invited me to join when I was 13 and I've been going ever since. I had a small group of friends, about five that I hung out with, but really the only one who's important to the story is my best friend Lola. In November of that year, there was a new girl that joined our youth group. She was my ideal type, around five foot six, short brunette hair, blue eyes, gray fashion sense, and very muscular. My job in the youth group was to help people settle in and to make them feel accepted, and I really didn't mind this job at the time. I walked up to her as she then came in, and I introduced myself. She introduced herself back, and I learned that her name was Paige. I showed her around the church, and I introduced her to all of my friends. I never got any bad vibes from her, and she really did seem very sweet, so I had hung out around her for the whole three hours of the youth group. It turns out her family are really good friends with my youth leaders, Joshua and Lori. A few weeks later after her arrival, I was hanging out with Lola at the skate station near my house. We were having a good time playing air hockey in the arcade section of it. During this, Paige skated through the door and I waved at her, asking how she was. Me and Lola then invited her to hang out with us for the day, and she agreed. During our game, a flash went off out of my peripheral vision, but I just chalked it up to the blinking lights from the skate floor. We finished our game and went back out to skate. As we were skating, Lola then face planted straight into the floor. I told Paige to keep going and we'll catch up later. I then laughed at Lola and I helped her get up, just for her to pull me into a hug and then whisper into my ear, Um, Paige keeps taking pictures of you and it's really creepy. At first, I thought she was joking and kind of just laughed about it. That is, until she then gave me the I'm serious look. I felt uncomfortable after that, but I'm not really the one for confrontation, so I just shrugged it off. Me and Lola ended up walking home since we both lived right near the rink. I dropped Lola off and hugged her goodbye before walking alone. It was only an extra five minute walk and I could get back easily. Well, as I was walking, I had heard the crunching of leaves from behind me. I kept getting the feeling that I was being watched, and I'm not someone that's easily paranoid, so I knew something was wrong. I glanced back, just to see a figure ducking behind a tree. I still to this day don't know who it was, but from what happened later, I'm almost positive it was Paige. Paige had stopped talking to me after we ditched her at the skate station, and every time I left my house, someone was following me. One day I caught her in the act 
and I actually yelled at her to leave me alone or I'll make her, to which she complied and the following stopped. She also stopped coming to the youth group after that, and I thought I'd never have to see her again after that. That is, until around two months later, while I was at my cousin's birthday party. Paige was friends with my older cousin, so she was also there. I had sat in my cousin's bathroom that's in his room while everyone else was downstairs to try and avoid Paige. I heard the stairs creaking, and I assumed it was just my aunt going to check on their dog who wouldn't stop barking. I let myself doze off, completely blocking out every single noise, until I then felt someone grab me by the neck. Not in a violent way enough to choke me, but definitely enough to make me uncomfortable. I opened my eyes, and Paige was there sitting over me. I was about to scream, until she then let go of my neck, wrapping her hand around my mouth instead, then pulling a knife out of her pocket. She let go of my mouth, resting her hand on my thigh. I could tell if I yelled, something even worse would happen. She blocked the door with a stand that they had in their bathroom, locking it too. She kissed my neck, and I was terrified. Other things also happened that I'd rather not get into for my sake. This all went on for what felt like hours, but in reality, was probably about five minutes at most. I got a sudden rush of adrenaline, and I then realized my legs were free. My back was against the back of the shower, and I slightly leaned my body weight so that it was completely back against the shower. I then threw my legs forward, kicking her in the stomach. I knew I didn't have time to act, so I grabbed the knife. I pushed the stand out of the way and sprinted down the stairs. I then told my cousin everything that happened through sobs, as he was then holding me in a tight hug. Once he fully comprehended what I said, he stomped up the stairs, with me following. The bathroom door was locked, and he pounded on it, eventually breaking the lock. The window was open, and she was gone, which was really strange, seeing as we were on the second story. He walked me home, and I never heard from Paige again after that. She stopped going to youth group or even leaving her house. I never told anyone else this happened other than my cousin and girlfriend, who really helped me get through this whole thing. I'm 17 years old now, and I got together with Lola about four months after that incident. I've been dating Lola for almost three years now. Paige still requests to follow me on all my social media pages, but I have them on private, and I blocked her. I do still go to my youth group, though I'm no longer religious as I once was. To Paige, if you ever hear this, I hope I never see you again, and I really hope you changed for the better, but I'll never forgive you for what you did to me. This happened on a nice sunny day in May of 1998. I was 16 years old and a sophomore in high school. I was a skinny short girl with long dark brown hair. I was pretty and I received a lot of attention from guys. I live in a southern Texas city. It's a larger city but it had a small town feel. Anyways, now on to my story. I'd lived about three blocks away from my high school so on nice days, I would walk home. I had started walking home when school let out at around 4 p.m. There's two different ways I can walk home. If I don't want to get honked at or whistled at, I'd walk an extra block down into the neighborhood. Or if I want to get home faster, I could walk down the busy street. 
Well, that day, I just wanted to get home faster. It was a Friday, and I only had a few weeks left of school before it was summer break. I was pretty tired of school and all the final exams, so I wanted to go home and take a nap. At this time, cell phones were around, but not as much as they are nowadays. But I didn't have one. So I started walking home, and sometimes I would have male drivers whistle or honk at me, but I would always just ignore them, and eventually, they would get to the point where they'd leave me alone. On that day I was walking home, I saw an older tan station wagon then pass me. There was a white male in it, and he honked at me. I looked straight and ignored him, and just kept walking. He had to have done a U-turn, because just shortly after, he was then driving right next to me. He asked if I wanted a ride. I told him no thanks. But he then said, Come on, I'll take you right home. I told him as nice as I could no, and that I'm good, and that I don't want a ride. He then sped off and yelled at me, calling me really ugly names. He said I was a tease and a bitch, but I just pretended like it didn't faze me, and I just kept walking. But it did upset me. How was I being a tease? I mean, I was just trying to walk home. Well, I then see him in his creepy old station wagon pass me again. I started getting scared. I was walking a lot faster now, almost like I was power walking. Then there he was driving up next to me again. I wanted to cry, but I tried to be firm with him and not let him see my fear. He then screamed at me to get in his fucking car. I told him no and to leave me alone, but he wouldn't. He just kept calling me the most ugliest names, like little bitch and whore. I was just hoping and praying that someone driving by might see how scared I was and then stop to help me. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I just kept walking. I began thinking to myself that this creep is going to follow me all the way home. Then he's going to know where I live. I was freaking out. He then started telling me that he would make me feel so good if I would just get into his car. I'd started yelling back at him again to get the fuck away from me, that I wasn't going to get into a station wagon. I could tell he was getting angry, and he then started telling me that he changed his mind, and that now he was going to hurt me, and it's all my fault for not getting into his car when he told me to. My block was coming up, I turned on it, and he then drove faster trying to block me in. I walked quickly around his vehicle. I was so scared that he was going to jump out of the car and grab me. He looked at me and he had the most devilish smile I'd ever seen just staring at me. It was so creepy. I then started running. I could see my house, and I thought if I could just get to my house, I could then let my dog out to attack this fucker. Then he stopped his car. I knew that he was getting out of his car to grab me. Fuck no, I'm not letting this happen, I told myself. Then like my prayers were answered, I saw my front door open, and my older brother came out he was probably going to smoke a cigarette or something. I then looked at him and screamed for him to help me. He ran back inside the house and I was so confused that my heart dropped. I felt so defeated. Then my brother came back out with one of his guns in his hand. I looked back at the creepy guy in the station wagon and his face was full of fear now. He drove off really fast and my brother actually shot at him. I then ran inside my house and started crying to my mom and I then just told her everything that happened. She was hugging me and telling me that everything was okay and that he's gone now. I'm safe at home 
I don't have to worry. She called the police and I had to describe the man to her and she told the 911 operator the details. He was a man in his 50s. He was going bald with no facial hair. He was wearing a white, blue, and yellow shirt. He had small, beady eyes and thin, creepy lips. I didn't want to talk to the police. I was in shock. I just wanted to go in my room and lock my door. Unfortunately, however, as stories like this usually go, the police didn't find the man, nor the station wagon. I really wish he was caught, because I just know he was probably doing this to many other girls walking alone as well. I really wish I could say that I got over this experience, but I would be lying. I'm in my 40s now, and I still remember this happening like it was yesterday. I now have my own daughter and two sons, and I never let them walk alone anywhere. I always lock my doors and windows. My blinds are always closed. I have pepper spray, and my kids have pepper spray too, and I even own a gun now. I know that I was lucky that he didn't kidnap me, but it did change me. I don't trust people at all anymore. He really did seem like a normal person. I just really hope to God that he learned his lesson and didn't try to kidnap anyone else.